Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts here. We've got Mr. Tom Mannering. Hello. You get a mister this week. Feel oh, privileged. Feel fancy. And, and myself, Mr. Josh Hartley. Oh, well, you got a mister as well. You've just taken the, well, the special. You got the mister too. Okay, we can both be misters. We can... <laughs> sure. <laughs> I nearly called you guest JH1C because, again, you failed to fill out the little little thing before you join the session properly i refuse to tell the computer what my name is you know who i am they don't deserve to know (laughs) wow wow i feel how how are you doing this week tom i'm okay i am okay (laughs) it's been a it's been a busy week uh on a a number of fronts um Mm -hmm. what have i done i've done some really interesting uh hobby stuff actually uh i have got a uh friend coming up this weekend uh so i'm going to be actually playing some games in person which yeah, is yeah always... nice warhammer uh no we're actually going to uh we're actually going to play some of my multitude of marvel games there we go <laughs> i yeah. have collected you uh, do have a lot of marvel games i do i have uh, i have three marvel games that i collect champions but, legendary yeah. and crisis protocol <laughs> i was gonna say three marvel games doesn't sound like a lot but there's a lot to them yeah they're, they're not cheap either uh mm. they are a large sum of my expendable income yeah. <laughs> goes on to those. Um, so yeah, I've got, got a friend coming up to actually play those, which will be nice, uh, and have a bit of a chill out. Uh, this week, uh, I've played in a couple of games as well. Uh, I got to play in a Star Wars game, uh, which was really good fun. Uh, oh yeah, you talked about this uh, a couple of weeks back. Yeah, how's yeah. that going? It's going really well. We had <laughs> so we had our first combat. So it's the first like the first big dice roll of the game. Mm. The first big combat kicks off. We get pretty standard stuff. We're on you a space this, station. You got get, this. We get ambushed by a bunch of thugs essentially, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Give us over this guy," and we're like, "No, you're not having him." We roll for initiative. The, the the combat begins the enemy goes first the lead guy shoots my guy critical hit straight out the gate mm-hmm. and i'm like sitting there and i'm like how much damage is this gonna be and the gm's like it's a critical hit with a blaster rifle and i'm like okay cool and i'm just cool. like in my head i just saw this character you know i will remember you it's <laughs> <laughs> like one and done it it took me down like took up the majority of my hit points off me, um, mm-hmm. but we managed to survive it. Uh, and the the rest of the game actually went really well. We had some cool combats, uh, did a bit of investigating and things. Uh, we're currently uh, looking for a the daughter of um, this sort of. I suppose it's like an emissary type thing. Right. Um, and ambassador. This, yeah, kind of an ambassador. Yeah. And this criminal organization are looking for her because she has information. Right. Uh, we found her, but then some bounty hunters have, have sort of cornered us. Okay. So we're going into another fight next session. We'd, we'd beat up some of the bounty hunters, and then mm-hmm. the woman turned around and was like, ah, sniper! And that was the end of the session. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'll probably get shot and critical again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then last night I played some uh, Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, uh, and we did a, a sort of... Uh, so Colin, my GM for that, likes to do sort of film 
homages. So every mm-hmm. so often you'll get fundamentally a, a reskinned film plot. So he's done things like Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, mm-hmm. He's done uh, a couple of other films. He, at one point, he, he looks like he was going to do a homage to Crank, the Jason Statham film, but kind of bailed on that. Wow. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> but he was doing uh, a homage of the, oh, is it the Magnificent Seven? I think it is, the Western. Oh, cool. Uh, Which in itself is a homage to Seven Samurai. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, so we kind of, Yeah, so we, our, our party, funnily enough, of seven people have, mm-hmm. have gone to this village and they're like, we're being held up by bandits for all our money. So we had to defend uh, this village and, and a couple of people died uh, as well. Uh, so it was, it was a really, really combat-heavy session because it was basically mm-hmm. kind of them besieging the town and us sort of fighting them off. Uh, so it was. We started at seven, and we finished at about half past eleven, and it was nice. just one very long, very nice. big combat. Big, big old meat grinder. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was good fun. Um, Do you remember uh, in Warhammer Fantasy Fifth Edition they had a scenario uh, based off Seven Samurai as well? Did they? I don't. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. So. The idea was that one person fielded a standard army and the other person fielded an army, but they could only spend it on heroes and wizards. Right, okay. So it was the same number of points, but they just had all of these tooled up characters. Is that... I think I might remember that. Did they start on like a hill or something? Was there like a, a central like location that they started that had to be like a yeah. hill or a building or something like they that? They recommended a bridge. Yeah, I think they I think I might have seen bridge it because that's uh, I haven't I, I'm, Ben's gonna kill me. I haven't actually seen Seven Samurai, but I believe there's a bridge to the village. Right? Yeah, that's cool. Um, no, that's that's a really that's actually a really cool idea. Like I I love that. I love the idea of like a group of you know legendary characters sort of fending off against you know massive odds. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if Warhammer's the best way to do. it. I mean, at the moment, apparently. Fit- Fifth edition was because that was the edition that got nicknamed Hero Hammer. Yeah, well, funnily enough, it, yeah, Will Will was at an Age of Sigmar event uh, the weekend just gone, and he sent me some photos, and like the photos of the armies are basically just heroes and monsters, and I was like, where are the nice. units? And he was like, this edition of Age of Sigmar is basically heroes and monsters. I'm I'm okay with this. I'm I'm kind of okay with it. I like a bit of unit presence, but monsters are cool. Uh, yeah, and, and heroes are kind of cool. So. Well, here's the, here's the thing, Tom. How likely are you to go to an Age of Sigma like organized play event as opposed to like just playing against people at home? Not that likely. Then you can continue to field units all you want, and it's true. Uh, as long as the other person's on the same page, rule of cool and all that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would, I definitely want to play some more Age of Sigma. Um, the games I've had, I've enjoyed a lot more than mm. uh, the previous games of Age of Sigma, and I've got a couple of sort of potential armies for it now um, that I want to kind of field and, and paint up and things when time yeah. permits. Uh, same with, same with this edition of Forty uh, K as well. You know, I've got the rule books for both, and I'm, I'm genuinely interested in both. It's just, it's that old, uh, that old adage. You know, you've got the money to buy it but you don't have the time to play it mm-hmm. or you don't have the money to, to buy it, but you have all the time in the world, but nothing no, to play. Imagine with. having the money that we have now as actual adults, when we were like students, 
would be nice. Well, no, that would be dangerous. Like, <laughs> if, if I was... I mean, I wouldn't have the job if I was a student, right? Because I would have lost that immediately for, for how no, long. But, okay, so I'm, uh, imagine a scenario okay. where you're a student okay. and your student, your maintenance loan gives you the same amount of money you're getting for your salary. Okay. I mean, I'm dead, like week three, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Found in a gutter in Paisley. Yeah, somewhere. Just, you just, I mean, it's, it's a miracle I made it out of, you know, my, my student years as is, like with my limited funds and... Uh, and knowledge at that point in time. I think if you put me in it now, uh, even even with my my sort of early twenties uh, physicality, uh, I'd still I just wouldn't survive it. I don't think. Mm. I, I think there's a reason why students are poor. I think it, it mm. needs to be that way. It's it's a balancing act. It's, you know, it's the natural order of things. <laughs> it's it's to ensure their survival. Yeah. <laughs> But like, seriously, like my, um, I was thinking about this the other day, like my first job I got after I graduated was like working in Fat Face, which is the, uh, for those who aren't listening from the UK. And there's a few of you, so this is not a silly thing to say. Uh, Fat Face is a chain of like casual clothes stores. Um, I think I was typically earning like £600 a month Hmm. and still somehow living off that and somehow was able to go out as well. I know. It's crazy. Like when I think about like the wages I've had historically, I mean, I I was a bit like yourself. When I I finished uni, I was working at McDonald's and I stayed working at McDonald's, uh, classy, uh, and then went to work at Morrison's, (laughs) you know, just to really up my game. And I, I can't have been making like, I wasn't hitting like four digits a, a month, yeah. no way, uh, and yet I still made rent, and you know I still had money to to eat, and certainly had money to drink, um, but at, at the same time I was living with like four or five people as well, yeah, and you were splitting all your bills and your rent with that, and you were you know you, I don't know about you, but like my accommodation at that point in time, even with those people, wasn't great. You know, it was it was a room really with a bed in it and. A few bits. Yeah, I had. Yeah, likewise, I was sharing with friends, and I was. Um, we were in a flat above the lanes, which uh, Tom will know as he is a former native of Carlisle. But mm-hmm. uh, the lanes is the shopping centre, right in the the centre of the city, and that was a great little flat. It was one. It was opposite McDonald's, so hangover breakfasts were like sorted out, uh, and two, we were like walking distance of pretty much everywhere in Carlisle. Yeah. So we could just go when we went out we could just stumble back home. We were also like we were also above a really good chip uh, fish and chip shop as well and Fat Face where I worked was also in the lanes as well. So I could just like get up really late. That's convenience right there. That, I mean, you've pretty much... I'm surprised you moved. <laughs> why would you change that lifestyle? Cuz I was only earning 600 pounds a month. <laughs> That's why. But yeah, like I like I look, I, I do kind of miss um, those days to some degree though, because Fat Face was really easy going. Like it, you could, you could, you could get away do working a full day hungover in that job. Like can't do that nowadays. <laughs> no, no, you'd be out of a job very quickly. I, I think not to get too uh, sidetracked about us reminiscing uh, about our youths, but uh, I think you know when you're younger people say you know appreciate it while you've got it and all that you know mm. and 
and you don't you no. nobody does and then no. you do look back and you're like on the one hand it was terrible but on the other hand it there's a, there's a certain simplicity to that kind of lifestyle yeah yeah oh. a little trip down memory lane to start us off there we go yeah so what what are we talking about today josh <laughs> what are we talking about essence just happened so uh, I thought I've been trolling the internet because obviously we didn't go, um, just to just to try and catch some highlights. So I thought I'd share with you what I've found, Tom. Okay. And um, we can get your live reactions to these. Um, these always go well. Yeah, they do. <laughs> hey, have faith in us. Come on, man. Right. Well, we're gonna start off with what was, without a doubt, the. Um, the most anticipated game of the show. Okay. And that is Azul, the Queen's... Uh, no, sorry, not the Queen's Garden. Azul, Queen's Garden. This is, of course, the latest instalment in the, the uh, series of Azul games. And much like previous games, this is all centred around um, tile laying. So what I will read out the, um, the blurb for you so welcome back to the palace of sintra king manuel the first has commissioned the best garden designers of portugal to construct the most extraordinary garden for his wife queen maria of aragon in azul queen's garden players are tasked with arranging a magnificent garden for the king's lovely wife by arranging beautiful plants trees and ornamental features using an innovative drafting mechanism the signature of the Azul series, players must carefully select colourful tiles to decorate their garden. Only the most incredible garden designers would flourish and win the Queen's blessing. <laughs> Why does that make you laugh so much? He's doing that silent laugh that I can just see his head shaking. But <laughs> Sure. <laughs> that's, that's your reaction to it. Sure. Like I think I've 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 said this before, right? Euro games are not not my thing, so take my opinion with a pinch of salt because you know it's not designed for me. Um, mm-hmm. The the prospect of a game arranging tiles <laughs> to make a magnificent garden is about as unappealing hey. as hey. a game can be for me. Did you did you did you play Takanoko? Which one's Takanoko? That's the 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 the, the panda one, right? I have played that. I don't like the gameplay, but I it's a lovely game. Like it right. it looks nice, it's got a nice theme. Like I, I appreciate that as a game. Like it's not for me, but like mm-hmm. I love the aesthetic of it. I like the way it plays. There's just not much for me to do there, you know. I've I've mentioned this before. I need a bit more of a theme, I need a bit more of a narrative. Like feeding a panda and making a habitat for a panda or making a magnificent garden is just a bit eh. Fine. So, like, building a garden, be it for a panda or a queen, is just not for you. No, I mean, I don't like gardening, right? So you're immediately kind of ruling me I, out. I'm with you on that front, to be fair. Yeah, I think I, I I am aware of this series of games, and I know it's very popular, um, which speaks to the quality of it, right? So it's obviously a a well established game. It's got a lot of people that do enjoy it this is clearly following on in the same trend so i imagine if you do enjoy this type of game this is going to be one that you'll enjoy right and i'm mm-hmm. sure the fan reaction probably mirrors that um for me personally not my cup of tea but 
having a quick look at it, I mean, it looks beautiful. You know, the presentation, striking, a mm-hmm. lot of nice colours. You know, it's very vibrant, really stands out, uh, but has it, it still kind of holds to the Azul aesthetic, which I am familiar with, yeah. um, at least. So, in that regard, looks good. For me personally, eh. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, like, so I brought this one up first because it because it is like the most anticipated game of the show because it is Azul. Mm. But I, I'm with you on the, the the basis of I'm not really excited about it. Now, don't get me wrong, I do like Azul. I really mm. enjoyed playing it. I thought like it was uh, really interesting gameplay and as you say, presentation wise and the tactile feel of the tiles as well. It's all like top quality, right? Mm. This kind of just looks like the same, but with hexagonal tiles rather than square tiles, yeah. which I, I don't know. I, I, they've introduced some new mechanics to it as well, to be fair. So it is a different game. Okay. I just don't know if it's like so different that, um, yeah, that it's worth <laughs> worth getting excited for. Um, I just want to. I want to say. I want to just take this minute to say. I don't hate all European games, and I'm, I don't only play Marvel-branded games. I just want to get get out ahead no, of this. No, he, play, he plays Games Workshop games as well, and you play um, games set in the Forgotten Realms and other <laughs> fantasy-based... I, I um, tend to like games with a fantasy aesthetic, so or, or a sci-fi aesthetic, actually. Any any kind of like you know fantasy, be it sci-fi or... or uh, medieval or similar um, because that just kind of draws me into the game before we even get to you know sure. the actual mechanics and things so so things like citadels um, and and you know games of that that arc I enjoy and I get pulled into and equally has been a number of games that we've played at conventions that I really enjoyed because they had a, an aesthetic that I could kind of lean into I, I I struggle to connect with games that have the kind of quirky or what I term as hippy dippy, and I don't mean that in a derogatory term. It's just a bit, it's a bit flowery. It's it's not really quite where I I live. Um, it's not that I don't think they're good games. It's not that I don't think they're well made and deserving of praise. They don't just they just don't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. And Azul is, is one of those games. It's a bit like Suro as well. Like I think Suro is beautiful. It is yeah. a stunning game to look at, and I appreciate when people are playing it. It looks stunning. Doesn't really excite me though. Even though it it does have a fancy element in it with you know dragons and things, but it just doesn't quite doesn't grab me. But it is a beautiful game. Uh, mm-hmm. Just just to get that out there. <laughs> Disclaimer: You are and I, and Ben and I on the, like in the past have both said that this whole argument is dumb anyway. But let's assume it's not dumb. You are firmly on the Ameritrash mm-hmm. side of Ameritrash versus Euro. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. You know. No, no, it, it, you know, you like what you like. Exactly. So, um, bearing that in mind about, you know, whimsy and all of that, uh, the next game I picked out was a game called Living Forest. Okay. I, th- I feel you've picked these out specifically to evoke a certain reaction. <laughs> I haven't, right? I haven't. These are genuinely the ones that have caught my eye the most. So... In Living Forest, you play as a nature uh, spirit who will try to save the forest and its sacred tree from the flames of Onibi. I'm not—I'm probably pronouncing that wrong as well, but uh, but you are not alone in your mission. 
as the animal guardians have come together to lend a hand around the circle of spirits where you progress. Each turn, they bring you valuable elements, so try to combine your team of animal guardians as best as possible to carry out your actions. But be careful, because some are lonely and do not like to be mixed with others. So, uh, the, mechanically, this game is a, a is sort of a push-your-luck like bag bag building game and this mm-hmm. is why it kind of appealed to me because i really like uh quacks of quidlinburg which mm-hmm. is a similar sort of game and aesthetically it looks it looks gorgeous as well so i don't know have you, have you looked it up yet yep uh so i would say definitely this one resonates with me a, a, a lot stronger just just mm-hmm. even at a casual glance the the artwork is is lovely it's got its own kind of style which I really like. Uh, it's got like the little pop-up standees as well that give it kind of a, a bit of a 3D element, which yep. is a nice touch. Um, I don't know how it plays, and I don't know if the, the mechanics would, would be something I'd enjoy, but I think if you put this out in front of me, I'd be well up for a game of it. You know, I'd, I'd give this one a shot because um, it, it looks appealing. It looks interesting. It looks like there's something going on. It reminds me a little bit, not necessarily, the art style's different, but something about the aesthetic reminds me a little bit of like King of Tokyo as well. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's got kind of the not monsters, but but animals that have that kind of nature to them, and it uses mm. again a lot of very bright and uh, eye-catching colours as well. But it, it looks really interesting. Yeah, so that's um, that that's one to to watch out for as well. However, my personal favourite that I uh, spotted is a game called Iron Forest. So I'm going to give Tom a moment to look this up. A lot of forests uh, in this uh, this episode. Well, this is a very different type of forest. Now, you, you've you played Ice Cool, haven't you? Yes, like twice. The penguin flipping game. Yes. Flipping game, which is amazing. Um, this is uh, from the same game designer... And uh, guess what? He he likes that mechanic. So okay, in <laughs> in Iron Forest, it, it is a very similar type type of game in that you've got the box forms a series of rooms that you flick giant robots through. This time, however, there's a twist. There is a third dimension in in that you construct like multiple stories of these rooms and this holes dropping down into the ones below. Okay. And to get your guy back to the top room, there's literally like a little catapult that you have to put your piece in and flick it up. (laughs) And I was sold at that. I didn't need to hear anything further about the game, but um, I'm going to, again, I will read you the blurb. Uh, So, the game Iron Forest takes place in a fantastical land called Nemus. Several different clans called Nemus Home, including Wolf Clan, Hedgehog Clan, Rabbit Clan, and the Owl Clan. This is all fluff. <laughs> put, a, put a lot of uh, a lot of effort into those names. Yeah, uh, Iron Forest is a flicking game. Uh, flicking game is now a genre, Tom. Um, a flicking game of two to four players split into two opposing teams. Animal clans or iron force. Each scenario offers asymmetrical objectives that each side need to fulfill in order to win. 
Scenarios involve players trying to control certain areas of the game board, destroy opposing team mechas, collect certain objects, and much more. On their turns, players draw cards from their team's activation deck, then activate the mecha depicted on that card by either flicking it or launching it. Players also have access to a range of different power-up cards that will grant their side unique abilities, turning the tide in their favour. So, what I really liked about this, uh, well, one, aesthetically, it looks great. Two, I really liked Ice Cool uh, as it is. And this just, uh, this to me, just looks like that game turned up to 11 with... And, I like the fact that they've sort of developed a bit of a story around it. Not that there was no narrative to Ice Cool, but there was a very minimal narrative to it. And we've got like the idea of these asymmetrical objectives and uh, to each scenario. And you're kind of facing off against each other rather than just a bit of a free-for-all. So, so what are your thoughts on this, Tom? Okay, so I'm going to give you my thoughts of it as a game and then I'm going to go on to it mildly serious side of it um okay. i think it looks really good i think it looks really cool uh i think the aesthetic's really nice as you mentioned um i think you know it's a, it's a good way to go after uh ice cold as well you know it's kind of a nice progression of the the system mm-hmm. i think there is for me there's a limited amount of replayability to these kinds of games like you know you're, you're only going to get so much from it um, yeah. flicking things around and it's a fast track to losing pieces as well that's that's one thing that <laughs> I'm always conscious yeah. of uh, but I think it looks really fun I think if you're into this kind of game or especially for a younger audience as well mm-hmm. this is a great game you know you're going to have a lot of fun with it it's a good family game there's no like you know dense mechanics or anything like that you can just kind of get into it and, and have some fun with it so from that point of view it's a good game I think it's really really positive battering personally and this is a, an actual issue that i had with with ice cool as well because i have arthritis flicking games do not work that well for me because my fingers start to hurt quite quickly so from an accessibility point of view they're not always the best games if you have any kind of like hand issues or or you know anything like that or dexterity um they can be quite challenging in that and that's fine you know you if you have that kind of thing you're not going to buy into this kind of game um for that exact reason so that's one one sort of barrier i do find with with these kinds of games you know you are quite limited i could only play this like for a little bit and i'd probably have to stop before it it might cause me a bit of discomfort so that is like my one kind of issue with with the finger flicking uh genre of game um it also just reminds me too much of sabutio and i really don't like sabutio what's wrong with sabutio i just it's I mean, just, it's it's old and like yeah. It's not that it's old. It's just it was never a game that appealed to me. Like it's mm-hmm. and and I used to remember. I remember seeing all the adverts for it and people getting it and being really excited. And I'm like, you're flicking things around a board. Like it's it's not that exciting. But again, it's one of those. Ones, it's not for me. But if it's mm-hmm. for you, batter him. It is. It is a very good point that you make. To be fair, you know, accessibility is something that. Uh, a, you know, it's really important in these games, and uh, uh, there's not an awful lot uh, of ways around it, right? It's a de- dexterity-based games like this, or like um, uh, Rhino Hero and and the like. That there is um, 
there it, is... they're not going to be accessible to everyone depending on you know certain factors there there you're right but i think there are concessions that can be made and, and potentially there are tools that they could include that might help with something like that you know like a little okay. handle that you can use to like flick them so you're not you know using your fingers so you've got maybe your full mobility or people that have limited reach as well you know it'd be something like that because i imagine if you were by way of uh example if you were if you were in a wheelchair or something like that, it's gonna be difficult to perhaps reach this as well yeah um so i'm not saying they should but from an accessibility point of view it would be nice if there was some sort of tool that you could use as well uh it might also help like little kids that don't have you know yeah. as, as much reach as well so just as a if they hear this bit of feedback for you <laughs> little flicking tool <laughs> look into device it. Or yep. like um like a snooker cue. Mm. You can have like the you know the the spider one that has the little things you rest the or like a cue on. Like a yeah. croquet mallet as well. Okay. Like a little croquet yeah. mallet. You could use that and little swing in. There you go. Yeah. There we are. Not there's just critiquing, some, problem there's, solving. There's some ideas for free for you. So here we go. Um the final one to talk about uh, isn't strictly speaking an Essen game. This was a teaser that was revealed during Essen. Okay. Uh, and it looks like we are going to get a sequel to King of Tokyo and King of New York next year. Ooh. I'm just uh, going to... I accidentally teased it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's basically it. Um, they have... Uh, the, the publishers, um, Yellow, have uh, released <laughs> basically... It's a photo of a new monster in a um, in a sand pit with a volcano and some tropical trees and other tokens. I shall provide a link to a <laughs> news article so that you can see for yourselves. Um, it looks like a crab monster of some description. Um, that's it. That, it. That's all I can tell you about it. Is it a new... Is it a new game or is it a new edition? Do you think? Uh, I'm I'm just reading over the. Um, it is the, all they have done is confirmed that the third King of game is planned for release at Essenspiel 2022. Okay. So well, that's promising. This time next year, uh, Rodney, we'll 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 have more news on that. Uh, <laughs> Wait on tender hooks for that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I like the I like both the King of games. So yep. you know, and uh, again, this it, it, it'll I know for a fact it's going to be physic like physically appealing, mm -hmm. visually appealing. So you know, and it's I think they've confirmed Richard Garfield's back on for it as well. So you know, good game designer doesn't hurt. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I I really like the King of king of tokyo and king of new york games uh i i have one behind me uh mm -hmm. so i'm i'm excited to see if they what they come out with uh i think it's a good that's a good example of you know a game that is fairly easy to pick up uh not too long to play you know it adapts nicely to different player sizes as well mm -hmm. so it is a good a good wee game to see it it is one of my go-tos, like, if I'm introducing people to, you know, gaming yeah. in general. I'd probably basically, like, grab Ticket to Ride and King of Tokyo and put them down and just go, which one do you want to do? Uh, 
if you if you give people that choice and they choose Ticket to Ride, I would ask them to leave. Ticket to Ride's a good game. I'm not I'm not besmirching Ticket to Ride as a game. Again, not one that I particularly enjoy, but I understand the appeal mm. of it. But if you offer me big monsters smashing up city or building a railway track, some people want a more peaceful vibe. You know, they they just want a a, a more chilled out theme to it. Well, this is it. This is this is perfect demonstration, isn't it, Tom? Like you. You were saying before you you want like a fantastical element to yeah. your game and something to draw you in that way, whereas like other people might just want to go, yeah, you know what, I want to I want to build a railway empire. That's fair. That is fair. Different strokes for different folks. I mean, like the the way my mind works as as soon as I uh, if you if you want me to play a game, give me a game that involves economics. Yeah. Basically, and I'm I like all over that. Oh, the objective is to make money. Yes. Yes, let's, let's Josh, do this. Josh gets a semi for resource management. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> no, how dare you, sir? I really like it though. It's great. It's good fun. Um, but um, so that was that, that. That was my personal sort of pick of Essen. Um, not having actually been to the show. Um, do you know what it's made me like uh, think of though is like, I, 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 you know, I still I can't wait to get back to conventions, IRL, mm-hmm. and just uh, trawl through and play these new games myself. Um, it's really nice for us, I suppose, as, as uh, theoretical board game podcasters, <laughs> to actually see new releases. You know, mm-hmm. like proper new releases with new games that people can you know actually play together uh, and are playing together at these events because um, you know we've had what 18 months of, of borderline drought where yeah. you know the, the the releases have been really just sort of expansions for existing games or and kickstarter stuff yeah uh and you know an actual new game and and rightly so you know it, it wasn't a sensible time for smaller companies to be trying to, to launch a new mm. product because one people couldn't play it and two they couldn't demo it so they couldn't build the excitement that you know things like Essen and UK Games Expo and uh, Gen Con and things like that all help you know build this excitement and stuff um, so it, it's really nice having had UK Games Expo wasn't as big with with kind of as many releases as we saw mm. though we did see some but Essen's always good for for a good number of you know smaller indie titles and uh, little games like this that are a bit quirkier. Mm-hmm. Maybe not yeah. up my street, but certainly are very popular with a lot of people. So it's yeah. really positive. It's been really nice being able to actually discuss some new games. I know, right? It's great. Next step, next step, playing new games. Mm. <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. And I think on, on that note, Dear listener, that is all we've got time for. So, as always, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye! Bye!